I'll have what she's having. Hi, this is episode 22 of the Our Better Half podcast, a show about sex over 50, hosted by me, Laura Listermensch. It's June 19th, 2016, and our guest will be Betty Dotson. Can you tell I love my guests for this podcast? I'm grateful to each of them for giving me their time and for how their voice adds to the richness of the overall show. No one's paid for this, not myself or my regular correspondents or my guests. Here's how the interviews work. I seek them out or I'm introduced or they contact me and we set up a time to chat by phone. I record the call and then lightly edit. I take out the long silences, the ums and the errs when they don't need to be there. And sometimes I take out questions or redundant starts of answers, that sort of thing. I tweak the sound, I take out static. My goal always is to let my guest's voice and thoughts be the star. It's an honor to bring these people to you, the listener, and I try to get out of the way. Some interviews, though, break the mold. The one you're going to hear next is an example, and rightly so, as Betty Dodson is unique and uniquely treasured in the sex world, if there is such a thing. Everyone knows her name, it seems, and no one forgets her voice. Dodson was a pioneer in bringing female orgasm and masturbation into the light, teaching group masturbation, giving classes, and writing best-selling books on the topic that are frank and direct. But at 86, she's not just a respected elder, she's not retired. She offers private sex coaching in New York City and co-hosts a nonprofit educational website with her associate, Carlin Ross. With most interviews, I edit out the hellos and the technical difficulties, and this interview has been edited for clarity, but I have deliberately left in the color, and you'll see why when you listen. Part of letting my guests shine means letting them use whatever language or opinions they wish to share. So if strong opinions and cussing are not your thing, you're going to have to skip this visit. But I trust you won't regret listening in, though you may want to shoo away small kids and more delicate adults. Hello. Hello. Is this Miss Dodson? Yes. Hi, this is Laura Listermensch. Is it still a good time? This is our conference call. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I want to. I, I want to change the volume. Okay. Here, I have a hearing deficit, and I'm. I'm glad that's all I'm dealing with, besides glasses and hip replacement, and you know, denture and all that old age shit. But I'm really in good. I'm really in good shape, and I'm having a ball. And I've got this new phone that I can adjust. The, oh, anyway. All right. Tell me who you are, darling. All over again. Okay. Um, my name is Laura Listermensch. Okay, Laura, and where and where are you located? I'm in Virginia. Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and why are we talking together? Just do the whole thing all over again. Okay, I host a podcast about sex over fifty. Sex after yeah. fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I qualify. <laughs> Me too. Life begins at forty. Yeah. I would kick it up to about it starts around. Later half of your 50s, 60, if you're in good shape, then it really gets good. I believe it. My mother is uh, 
20 some years ahead of me and she always looks like life is going well. So yeah, I get how that. Old, how old are you? I'm 55. 55. My grandmother is 100 and almost 101 and a lively woman. Damn, I love to hear stories like that because I want to. I want to do that. I'm going to go definitely go to my hundred. I mean, providing the brain is working and my body is still functioning, I'm not going to be an invalid. Then I'm, you know, I've got means to take off. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I'm very pleased to speak with you. Do you have any questions for me? Well, I think I just, you know, establish who you are, where you are, and what you're doing, <laughs> <laughs> and that your great and that your grandma is a hundred years old and alive and well. <laughs> I, I'm holding on to those genes tight. You're sometimes called the mother of masturbation, but when you were little, what did you dream you would do when you grew up? Oh, I was going to be a very famous artist. You know, I wasn't quite sure what kind of artist. I think at first it was um, very grandiose. And then by the time I was making a living, I was a fashion illustrator. And when I came to New York, I really thought I'm just going to be the best. I'm going to, you know, do the illustrations for Lord and Taylor or Mm -hmm. B. Altman or one of those big stores because I love that. And I was totally not educated. I didn't know my ass from my elbow. I graduated from high school and uh, and I went straight away to work. So I was doing very well as a commercial artist at the tender age of 17, 18. And I came to New York when I was just 20. Wow. How old are you now? I'm 87. Now, actually, I'm 86, but I don't like that number. So I just skipped it. Good. And in August, and in August I will be eighty-seven. So I'll just stay with eighty-seven. So you can say eighty-seven now, and that'll be good through next year. <laughs> <laughs> Renewable. Because you know, age age is just a number, and eighty-six is a is a is a number that they use in restaurants where you're out of something. Oh my goodness! Really. Well, I, I'm aware of this because I've heard it say, you know, so and so, you know, on whole wheat toast, eighty-six on the whole wheat. Yeah, 86 Uh, means you're out of it. Okay, I see why you're skipping it. I plan to skip it too now. Thank you. Good, good. good. (laughs) You've been teaching masturbation for many years now. What's different now compared to when you started in how society thinks about masturbation? Well, society as a whole hasn't changed a whole lot, kiddo. But what has changed is the internet goddess bless the internet which is a form of communication i now have access to that in the past i was constantly constantly deleted what is the word i you anyway. were censored thank you god <laughs> damn it the word and i'm all right i'm censored censorship has been a big part of my struggle now that we have the internet watch out you can say what you want to say directly to people who fucking need it. a baby fucking a, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm you know living out loud. Well, I'll get back to the internet in a minute, but let me ask you: you you have for many years held uh, group sessions and done private lessons for people to learn to masturbate, mostly women, but also men, right? 
Well, I only did a few sessions, a few groups, series of groups with men for the experiment because all of their wives and girlfriends wanted me to run groups for men. And while I had a, I had a good time and I certainly learned a lot, my realization was that if I ran groups for men like I ran groups for women, I would die an early age. It was exhausting. It's very difficult to teach men because they're programming is that they already have the answers. Ah, and women were open to more, to different? And women are more open-minded and they want to learn. I, this is like an incredibly stupid question, and you've probably answered it a million times. But uh, I... uh, 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 darling, darling, I want to correct you. There is never such a thing as a stupid question. Okay? Oh, okay. Good, good, good. I just, I would love to to have it in your words, what the benefits of masturbation are. Benefits, benefits, benefits. Well, not only is it a benefit, but if we don't acknowledge it, we're not going to progress sexually because masturbation is the foundation for all human sexual activity. Pause. It's our first natural sexual activity if we're not inhibited. It's how we discover our genitals and the good sensations and feelings they give us. So if that's blocked right at an early age when you're first exploring your body, honey, they got you by the short hair. You are sexually repressed and you are going to struggle to own your body and your sexual feelings. How about for older people? Well, it's like older people. What are they fucking? The guys can't get it up. The women have gone through menopause. Their vaginas don't want penetration. But they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna do manual sex. They're gonna masturbate. They're gonna do oral sex. They're gonna do anything but fucking. Here's the problem in America. When you say sex, everybody envisions a penis going inside of a vagina or an anus or a mouth. No, no, no. Scratch the mouth. They envision a penis going inside a vagina. Okay? That's mm. procreative sex. What is that? I don't know. I heard it too. Maybe the maybe we're being listened in. Oh, maybe they'll <laughs> maybe, learn, the maybe they'll learn something. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right, you guys, tune in. Okay, so where was I? So what did you want to know about masturbation in older people or masturbation in general? It is the foundation. I mean, it's not just for old people and kids. It's the foundation of human sexuality. It is profound, my dear. It is profound. I have read that you describe masturbation as a love affair, a love relationship with ourselves. Is that correct? Yeah, come on. That's not a mystery. So relationships change over time as we age. How does masturbation change from childhood to late life? Just like everything else changes, your concepts, your ideas, your approach, your feelings, your conclusions, everything changes as you, hopefully, as you age, as you grow. Everything. Are there advantages to being older sexually? I, if we're uninhibited and if we're not sexually repressed, which is fairly rare, uh, I would say every age has its advantages and disadvantages. And looking back over my long, long life of sexual activity, because I was very active throughout all of it, I wouldn't want to pick one. I mean, I'm having a ball right now. So you see what I mean? It's like... But of course, you know, you, you, you can do more when you have a younger body. 
I think I might want to go back to when I was in my 40s during the sexual revolution. (laughs) (sighs) But then, you know, I don't know. Yes, that would have been nice. But where I am right now is, is really wonderful. Do orgasms change over time as you get older? Of course, of course. I mean, I can say also say that a good orgasm is a good orgasm is a good orgasm, and I wouldn't poo-poo any of them. Is it ever too late to have a first orgasm? No, never, 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 never. I've, <laughs> I remember one woman I worked with, she was 80. Mm. She had just turned 8 and I was, this is a while back for me. I'm Now I'm way older than her. And she said, I want to know what an orgasm is before I die. And I said, good for you. So we worked together during the day. And, of course, I teach women a series of things. It's their breathing, rocking their pelvis, using the pelvic floor muscle, and adding a vibrator to clitoral stimula- for clitoral stimulation. And I like to have the, the vaginal barbell inserted so that they have a resistance device to work the muscle against. So that's my sort of basic overall approach. So she, she were going through all of this, and it took a while, but lo and behold, she has her first orgasm. Now, how do I know? I'm visually trained, and I have been watching people have sex for the last 40 years. I know. My eyeballs know. You can, you can do the best fake on the planet, and I'll say, sorry, that's a fake. So all I can tell you is that not only can I see, but I also can sense because there is the specific energy that goes with orgasm. So I watch her have an orgasm, and I said, there you go, Agnes. You just had your first orgasm. Congratulations. And she looked at me, and she said, that's it? So what's the big deal? And I said, well, the big deal is that you didn't know. So now that you know, you have a choice. And that's all it is. It's not a big deal. But I would hate to go through life and not have a choice. Well, you've, you've made a lifetime of getting people in touch with what generally em- embarrasses and appalls people. So what are we afraid of? Life, feelings. So we've all been so conditioned with stupid-ass religion that we're all afraid. You know, that big guy in the sky is watching us. I mean, it's pathetic. It's like nobody owns their body. You don't own your mind. You don't own your life. You don't own anything. You are not in charge of anything. So we're just going through the motions, trying to be good, not rocking the boat, don't want to don't want to upset anyone. Not a way to live. I say, live out loud. <laughs> you have not always been aligned with mainstream feminism. What happened there? Well, mainstream was being cautious to didn't they didn't want to upset women that might be new to the concept. So they were trying to ease, be more gentle, not, you know, not be too radical. And uh, I don't know, maybe they were right, maybe they weren't, but that's not how I operate. I mean, my my, tra- my background, my training is fine art. And that the whole process is discovering your own path, your own vision, your own way, how you see things, what you want to, what you want to uh, share, what you want to communicate. So whenever I managed to understand something, I would never hesitate to share it or to talk about it. And that, you know, well, you can't say that in front of so-and-so. Well, I can too. I just did. Hmm. 
Well, now she she's all upset and she had to leave the room. That's her problem. That is not my problem. So you might say I'm not diplomatic or I'm not going to baby people or I'm not going to alter my behavior to make sure you're happy. If you come to me to learn, if you come to me to learn, I'm going to talk straight. And I'm going to tell you what I know from my experience. It, I don't mind having disagreements or we don't we don't see eye to eye. That's that's healthy. But don't tell me I can't say it. Has feminism grown up in 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 the intervening years? Uh, Has it gotten more sex positive? Uh, I mean, that's such a broad term, honey. I'm sure there are areas where it has and there are areas where it has not. It's a tough word. It's a tough term to deal with. You know, women's liberation is it's still in the it's still in the dark ages. Let me put it that way. So has feminism progressed? I don't know. I'm looking around and we have a woman running for president. We're not terribly thrilled with her, with all of her association with, you know, the big boys on Wall Street. We don't like that. But here she is, a woman. It's very conflicting. Now, in terms of politics, I have no conflict with Elizabeth Warren. She is a straight shooter. So I'm holding the line until we get Elizabeth Warren for something. She's doing a wonderful job in the Senate. Wonderful job. And I adore Bernie Sanders. He's my kind of old radical, you know. That he, <laughs> we see eye to eye and we talk the same language. And, you know, when they say 70s, he's too old. Fuck that shit. Your 70s is the youth of old age. <laughs> it was one of my very best decades. I look upon it very fondly, and instead of saying, I wish I were 40 again, I say, God, I'd love to be in my 70s again. This is a personal question. Honey, all questions for me are personal, okay? I don't, I don't, separa I don't separate personal and political. I say to people that I'm very, I'm a prude. I'm pretty private when it comes to these issues. So you have lived your life doing this work. It's very public. My question is, do you think that it's possible to be sexually happy if you're vanilla and private? Or do the two have to go together? Well, the people that are living out loud are the ones that are going to be the healthiest and the happiest. If you have to keep everything private and quiet, you're hiding something. And usually it's a pretty piss poor sex life because you're following the rules. Really, darling. Are you following all the rules? <laughs> no, I, but it, I think it's a really good question. It's one that I talk with a lot of people. Um, is it possible to be very vanilla and private about uh, things and be sexually healthy? And it sounds like you're saying no. If you're, if you're, well, no, I'm not going to say up. no. I'm going to say like, if this person has known nothing else and then they, and they don't go on the internet and they're not very sophisticated and they, and they haven't traveled and they know very little about the world. Yes. I think they're going to be just fine. But if you get married, let's say, and you have very little to no ex prior sexual experience and you're now into the fifth or 10th year of your marriage, trust me. Curiosity will come on board, and you'll say, wow, I wonder what it's like with someone else. 
because as it's presented today, the woman should have no experience with sex. This is like how I grew up in the 50s. No experience with sex, and the man should be experienced. Well, who the hell is he going to get the experience with? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's going to be the other kind of woman. So we have now divided womankind into the good girls and the bad girls. And I love the expression. The good girls go to heaven. The bad girls get to go everywhere. <laughs> okay, back to the Internet. Has the Internet been good, bad, or indifferent for self-love? For self-love? That's a word you, I've heard you use. No, I would. Masturbation is the is the is the clear cut word. Mm-hmm. Has it been better for masturbation? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> we have millions and millions of people masturbating to online porn. Mm-hmm. So, and and online porn is what actually fueled the whole internet. I mean, that's what that's what made it happen. Because as soon as people see, this is the thing. When you when you repress sex, people are sex starved. Literally, it's like a it's like a a, a nation of, <laughs> of people that are hungry. And then you say, "There's a picture you can look at of sex." Oh my God, they go crazy. They go, what is it? They want to see what it looks like. So that was the engine that made it happen. So, and it's great. I have no objections to pictures of sex online. Except then you have the government stepping in, and porn is free to do anything it wants. But when Carlin and I do our YouTubes, we cannot show nudity. And when we talk about sex, we can't use the, the word masturbation in a headline. And when so you see then, oh, and God forbid we show pussy. Ah, I mean, so you see, in other words, censorship is alive and well even though the internet has been offered us the most freedom of all. And in porn, not only can you show everything that would be important, but you can show every nasty thing that you can think of. Here's the big problem. Porn is being used as sex education for our kids. Mm. We're not providing them with any valid sex education slash information. They're growing up dumber than shit. And they go, wow, a kid types in, my my friend has a kid, and she said, oh, Betty, you, Carla and I are, are going to do something about this. That This is one of our next big projects. But she said, my nine-year-old son types in sex, S-E-X, and what comes up is a tutelage of a porn star teaching preparation for anal sex. Perfectly good, very important information. Not for a kid who's nine years old. So how do we handle this? I refuse to go to censorship. What we need is when kids type in boobies or sex or nookie or wee-wee or penis or whatever they come up with, they go to our site. Because Dodson and Ross are presenting sex from a very overall female perspective that is valid sex information, and we start with masturbation, which is, allow me to repeat, the foundation for all human sexual activity. By the way, the website that you're talking about is Dodson and Ross, spelled out, dot com. Yep. Oh, by the way, I just found out if you Google my name, it'll take you straight away to the website. (laughs) I'm famous. I'm bad. I jerked <laughs> off long enough to get famous. 
<laughs> okay. Do you have any parting advice for those in the second half of life about masturbation? Well, yes, it is. It 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 will be the best sex. Absolutely, it is still my best sex. Uh, every now and then, I think, nah, you know, I should have sex again with a guy, and I I dip into the concept, and then I pull out, and I'm like, it's a lot of trouble, you know. It really is. It's all this mm-hmm. preparation. You have to groom your pussy. You have to get all clean and perfumed, and oh, the sheets are have to you know changed, and it's, it's a big <laughs> deal. So. When I masturbate, I just flop down into the bed. I have my fantasy. I get my sex toys out, and it's like, oh, it's me and it's me and myself. And there is so much freedom in that. So, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> advice, advice, parting, parting advice. Oh, older people, or you know, my my age group or younger. I mean, my advice. I I hate advice. Just. Just know having sex with yourself will be the best sex of your life. And now I know partner sex when it's good is fabulous. And I've had a lot of experience with fabulous partner sex, mostly with men, but some with women. And I have to then say dot, dot, dot. My favorite sex of all is the group dynamic. Now, you kids don't know that much about group sex because they killed it for you. They created AIDS, which killed group sex. It brought it all to an end. Now, there are some people who are coming back around because they know you can do safe sex. And there are parties taking place and couples can go to them. But the whole point is that eventually we need to socialize our sexuality, get it out of these quiet, sneaky, little quiet bedrooms where we all do these naughty little things and no one knows about it. That's Mm -hmm. not healthy. Do you hope that group sex will come back? Oh, it is. Oh, I don't have to wait. No, it's happening. Very much so here in New York and, and other cities. Absolutely. Maybe not in Virginia, poor baby. <laughs> you're you're too close to the White House, where where the the dirtiest of sex takes place. But it's all kept very quiet until someone blows a whistle. So you see, most of the sex that's going on is clandestine. It's it's uh, behind closed doors. It's secretive. It's sneaky. It's dirty. And back in the 70s, which is where I really got my my main sex education, was having group sex with your friends, with parties, with strangers. You come together. I mean, it was so easy to have sex with people then. And now, holy shit, you got to get engaged. You have to be away. You have to get married. I mean, it's like, ah, it's exhausting. So older people, you've had the best of it and the worst of it. Now you can have the finest, which is sex with yourself on your terms, when you want it, when you feel like it. And be creative with your fantasies because fantasy is at the heart of the creative process. And once you tap into the creative process, living is a lot more fun. That is a beautiful way to go out. Thank you so much, Betty. All right, darling. That's been fun talking to you, Laura. Give my love to Virginia. Bye-bye. Are you ready for this episode's Kegel exercise break? Have you given your pelvic floor any thought at all today? For goodness sake, that will not do. Let's shake it up. Let's give it four or five good squeezes and releases. 
And in honor of our guest, Betty Dodson, let's make the sound effect of the day one that really shakes and relaxes. monitor the news about sex with my prude goggles on so you don't have to. So what news in the world of sex may you have missed this week? The judge in California, who is now infamous for his lack of judgment in a rape case, is getting some judging of his own. Jurors are refusing to serve in Judge Aaron Persky's court, and his district attorney is taking cases involving sex away from him. The Kama Sutra offers 64 suggestions for heterosexual lovemaking. Frogs, though, just got a new one, or humans have just learned another one from frogs, called the dorsal straddle. It doesn't look all that different or particularly fun, but what human is to judge amphibian loving? And when's the last time humans came up with something entirely new? The Kama Sutra was written over 2,000 years ago. Old people... You may have noticed that your young people avoid talking with one another, preferring to text, right? And just when you thought that this was the best thing to happen to literacy since Gutenberg, you may have noticed that now they're eschewing letters in favor of pictograms, phases, and symbols. Well, holy smartphones, people. You will now be able to translate those symbols into text and back again. And while they're at it, Bumping up the size for the acuity-challenged older set, iPhones are now going to make it possible to turn a regular old word into an emoticon at the tap of a finger. But not so fast, my old friends. Unfortunately, my dear geezers, you need to know that a taco is not a taco. An eggplant is emphatically not an eggplant. And so you cannot blame anyone but your emoji illiteracy if you offer or accept a casual dinner date and end up disappointing an amorous friend. But there's an emoji for blushing and for sorry, so learn those first. Is your in-real-life sex life getting stale? Are you done with dating? Here's an idea. Lucid sex dreams. Unlike real life, your choices of partners and situations is endless in your dreams. So why not spice up your reveries? Lucid dreaming is a real thing, and it can, by some reports, be cultivated and developed. So if Idris Elba doesn't know your address, you can give him your dream addy, as well as anyone else who isn't taking your calls. Lucid dreaming can give you court time to practice your backhand or play time to court your tennis partner. There are no rules and no shame, unless that's what you're into. Speaking of sleeping... Old ladies, have you had your sleep orgasm yet? Some call them sleepgasms, but uh, that sounds way too much like snoring, which it isn't. 37% of women will have a big O in their sleep before they are 45 years old, so saith the Ginsey Institute. Guys, in yet another example of the orgasm deficit, have nocturnal emissions far younger and more often, but ladies experience them for more of their lifespan. There's even a great acronym, Sleep-Related Female Orgasms, or SRFOs, and there's a book about the phenomena. Check the show notes. If you're putting this on your bucket list as a, quote, 
present from your brain, unquote, as one woman put it, the chances go up by being more tired when you go to bed, as well as sleeping on your stomach, and a little sex deprivation helps as well. But hurry up, your best chance at a sleep orgasm is in your 40s or 50s, and it falls off after 60. Who you're dreaming of at the time is your own business, of course, so enjoy. Lust and hunger are basic human desires, so why not mix them? Reuters recently featured a restaurant in Beijing which serves sex along with your lobster. The foods are aphrodisiac in nature, and the cups are body shapes, but perhaps the most shocking aspect of this BDSM-themed restaurant is that it's a family business. A 27-year-old woman and her father run it together. Okay, so you want to subscribe to this podcast, but you don't know how. You're not sure what a podcast is. You don't know how to add one more task to your day, and you just want to keep doing things the way you usually do. Don't panic. I have a lot of old people telling me they don't know how it works. I'm here to help. Because if you aren't subscribing to this podcast, then you are missing out on so many other great podcasts. This show has a website ourbetterhalf.net. You need to go there. You can see pictures of guests, links to anything we've mentioned, and how to contact me. And you can subscribe from the website. It's easy, I promise. You can subscribe on your computer, on your tablet, on your phone, or by email. Or you can just ask your favorite teenager. Old people, orgasms are your right. So go have yours. And remember what Betty Dodson says, Having sex with yourself will be the best sex of your life. Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Savage Lovecast and Savage Love, and you're listening to a Swing Set podcast at Swing Set FM. 